One thing just about everyone can agree on, the 2016 presidential campaign is like no other. No, you know what? You're creating violence by your questions. It doesn't sound like he's talking about traditional neutral coverage, does it? Well, there's so much active misinformation, and it's packaged very well, and it looks the same when you see it on a Facebook page or you turn on your television. The fake news is creating violence. We trust our news stations to provide us with fast and accurate information about the world around us. We post articles, share videos on social media, believing that these words written and spoken are true and based on evidence. However, as time goes on, Americans feel less and less trustful what the media has to say. Last year, a Gallup poll found that roughly 62% of Americans feel as though the news is biased, with 44% feeling as though it's inaccurate. How has the news and how it's presented changed over the years? And why is it so biased nowadays? And what effect, if any, does it have on your mental health? Well, my friends, that is to be determined. News has always been something that shaped the human condition. It first began as a simple human interaction, storytelling. Accounts from huge events would be told over and over throughout the land and the people would gather around to hear these great battles or horrible natural disasters. And even the smallest events were told. And we kind of call that today gossiping. Big news or small news, people would spread the happenings of the land via word of mouth, each person putting their own little spin on it or forgetting a piece of information or adding hyperbole to it, like a giant game of telephone. Some of these stories had so much drama and action added to them that they became known as legends or folklore, far removed from the original factual tales that they once were. Of course, with all this, we can see that this wasn't the most accurate way of spreading information. But it all changed when the printing press was created. Now, numerous copies of the same account can be spread to the masses. No longer would people mix up the facts of the story because people had it in their hands. Surely if an event was written down and recorded for all to see, no error could come from it, right? Well, just as soon as people realized that the news could be spread to the masses, they also realized that it could be monetized. People are bound by human nature to know what's going on around them. It's in our DNA to hear and share stories, and you bet somebody would pay a small price to hear about the stories. And thus, newspapers began. And the problem with that is just what I said. Newspapers. Having multiple newspaper companies brought about a level of competition, which always motivates a company to do better and create a better product. However, there's a dark result to this competition, which we will come back to later. But let's fast forward to the year 1940, when NBC's Lowell Thomas hosted the first ever television news broadcast, which was more so of a simulcast of him doing a news show on the radio. However, a year later, a more concentrated effort was made to do another show that aired twice a day. Humans were now back to our roots. We were hearing news through the word of mouth, but only this time, we only listened to one big talking head. Families would gather around the TV twice a day to hear what was going on in the world. The station had all day to gather facts and review sources before reporting to eager listeners. But with only a 15 minute time slot, 
they needed to be absolutely sure that the stories they picked mattered to the citizens. Although this was innovative, it became apparent that this wasn't enough. News didn't stop happening, and with major events going on, the people needed to know things as soon as possible. And now with new media available, they weren't satisfied on just hearing it. So, similar to newspapers and radios, companies realized that money could be made off of this. So they tried to air shows at different times, and then the name of the game became who was able to say things first. Newspapers began jockeying for position for different TV time slots, and manipulating public opinion on which time was best to watch the news. If it came on before a competition, they would say, getting news first, but if it came on later and came on after a competition, they would claim to be more accurate. And soon, the news became to be more hungered by the people. This changed the game forever. No longer did you need to write, print, and then distribute things. You could talk about it over air in real time, and people also enjoyed the fact that you're seeing the person who's giving you the news. Oh, and then by the way... December 7th, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. This was the first time the news had interrupted a regular TV programming. And in a way, this is the beginning of a new era. So we wouldn't see it until years later, but the ingredients were already in the oven. The increased competition, the faster paced society, and the ever increasing thirst for news all began to rise to a fever pitch. All of these things put together eventually made what we've come to know today as the 24-hour news cycle. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, we have so many channels dedicated to news all the time now. However, this comes with a couple of different problems. One, all of them want your views. So they need to find imaginative and creative ways to get them. Two, they want your views all the time. But as we all know, there are things called slow news days, which means they would have to figure out what to talk about that would keep listeners glued to the television. So what do they do? Well, what did people do back in the day after they heard a story or read an article in the newspaper? They talked about it. Talk shows, political commentary, everyone is giving their opinions on the news now. It's no longer what happened, it's become more so of a, this is what happened and this is what I think about it. Sure, some people are simply trying to break down complex issues for lay people to understand. But I feel like you would be a fool to not notice some of the biases going on now, particularly in the world of politics. If you don't know what I'm talking about or you just don't believe me, I want you to listen to this. This is back in 2008 with the late Senator John McCain. He was being asked the question if he thought birth control should be covered by health insurance. Here's the question how it was asked and how we answered it on its own. I certainly do not want to discuss that issue. Uh, I think you voted I, against. I don't know what I, I voted, voted against coverage of, of birth control, forcing health insurance companies to cover birth control in the past. Is that, uh, is that still your position? 
my voting record on it, but I have, uh, I'm, I don't recall the vote right now, but I'll be glad to look at it and get my chance to buy it. I don't. I guess her statement was that it was unfair that health insurance companies cover Viagra, but not birth control. Do you have an opinion on that? about it to give you a informed answer because I, I, I don't recall the vote. I passed thousands of votes in the Senate, but I, sure. I will respond to you. It's a, it's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, something that I had not thought much about, and, and I did hear about uh, her, her response, but I hadn't thought much about it. I, I will get back to you okay. today on, on it. I, I don't usually duck an issue, but I try to get back to you. Now, I understand that the topic may be a bit controversial, but what we're talking about is how the news presents this topic, how they present this story. Listen first to MSNBC. By that reporter, Maeve Reston of the LA Times, who, by the way, deserves some kudos here, uh, when pressed by Reston on whether it was fair that some insurance companies cover erectile dysfunction meds but not birth control, McCain answered, quote, it's something that I had not thought much about, and yet he voted on it in the U.S. Senate. Is the big headline here that a senator admits to not bothering to even think about things he nevertheless votes on? And this is Fox News talking about the same subject. A similar subject, the Planned Parenthood fanatics want you and me to pay for everybody's birth control, so they use John McCain to make that point. I want you to keep in mind that we're not talking about the issue. We're not talking about birth control, anything like that. What we're talking about is how two separate companies presented the same story. This, my friends, is a prime example of framing and news slanting. Before the consumer can draw their own opinion, this news station tells you how to feel via tone and the word choice, taking away the option of coming to an unbiased conclusion, which is very dire we have to make decisions like, uh, let's say, uh, who runs the Oval Office? These trusted news sources and huge infrastructures of information are now adding more and more things to a story that are designed to influence your opinion every time you turn on the TV. Well, wait, well, well crap, <laughs> that's, that's it, right? Let's not even turn on the TV. There are hundreds, if not thousands of channels out there where we can just watch things for our own entertainment. And if we really want to know something, why don't we just Google peer-reviewed articles about it? It'd be much simpler to just... Wait. Oh, hold on, hold on. No. Oh, crap. Social media has in no way made this entire journey we talked about come full circle. We're now back to sharing stories and accounts of events with one another in sort of a digital town hall, only this time. They aren't necessarily the people who are telling you the stories themselves. They're more so choosing to share from their own reliable sources. The internet has made the barrier of entry as thin as ever to report news. I mean, anyone can create their own website and then slap the word Tribune, Gazette, Journal, whatever it is, on it and make it sound like a reputable source. And people will blindly follow these headlines. And I say headlines because that's really what matters most now. The art of the headline has become the holy grail of attention. 
It no longer is designed to tell you about what's going on in the shortest amount of time possible. It's now supposed to make you click or read more, whether it be out of curiosity, disbelief, or even anger. It does not matter as long as they get the view or the click or whatever they want out of you. Look, as much as we talked about the huge companies and their problems in this episode, at least they all had some sort of standard. Now it's whatever, all the open, open season. Hell, I mean, I've even seen people seriously share an article written by The Onion. And if you don't know what that is, it's one of the most widely known satirical news sites. Our news reporters have become the everyday people you see in our lives. Everyone in your news feed has now become their own news stations and the whole baby is there ever biased there too. And the worst part is you don't even have to sign up for it. Like if you were to pick up a paper or turn it on to the news, you're sort of making a nonverbal agreement that you want to be informed about something and you're going to take the bias one way or the other. Now you can be looking at cat memes all day and you're scrolling through all your cat memes and all of a sudden you're hit with a big opinion by one of your friends about why the liberals are destroying the country. Like <laughs> You can see now you, you can't escape it. The news is everywhere and is now sprinkled with bits of opinions here and there on the side. And for the most part, it's the political things. I mean, no one argues if a tornado really leveled a town or if a bombing really happened. It's what we talked about before, the discussion about the event that has us fuming. Opinions are a very personal thing. I mean, your opinions help you create your morals, your beliefs, your way of life. And now on a daily basis... You can have them questioned or challenged with no sort of data backing it up. Ironically enough, even though we have the information of the world at our fingertips, it's easier now more than ever to have a narrow frame of mind. We could find articles or YouTube videos or even, yes, even podcast excerpts of something that will back our own opinion. I mean, if you don't believe me, look at the waves and waves of people supporting the flat earth movement. And look, look, I get it. But come on. I mean, they're literally citing each other as like credible sources of why they're right. And when humans have other people's support, they become bolder and bolder. We can talk about what this means to the world and whatnot, but my main concern right now is the mental state of you. Pew Research Center stated that in 2016, over a third of people polled on social media said that they were worn out by the amount of political content they encountered online. And ladies and gentlemen, 2020 election is coming up, and I wanted to make sure those numbers didn't increase. People have been tired of all the arguing, tired of all the thoughts and opinions shoved down their throats. They either are being attacked or watching someone being attacked by someone they know online because of their beliefs, and I don't want you to be on that boat. I mean, I had the urge to fight myself. Listen, when I became a police officer, the posts left and right were talking about how we were all corrupt and we were causing more harm than good and we were just downright dirty. Family and friends would share news sources, right, telling me who I was. And for a while, I fought it tooth and nail, replying to everything, posting my own credible sources. Until one day I realized the evolution of news and how it's been spread has us all now being back at those town hall meetings. Everyone's sitting in their corners with the people that they agree with and they're screaming about whose fault it is the town isn't the way it should be. Democrats blaming conservatives, conservatives blaming Democrats, anti this versus pro that. 
all parties screaming at the top of their lungs while holding papers with their version of the truth. Look, we have more options now, more views in the world, and they're all saying that they're the best and they're the truth. But with more sources of information, we need to learn how to use more scrutiny on how you receive it. Not everyone who shares a political article or a video is doing it to inform you. Some posts are there to reflect their anger, their bitterness, their sadness, and oftentimes their bigotry. Taking in all these negative emotions of others for the sake of being up to date on news can be toxic to your soul. I mean, I remember talking to a high schooler not too long ago about online bullying. And some people, you know, were saying, oh, it's easy to stop online bullying. Just... Just telling the log off is fine, which I guess makes sense at first when you think about it. In today's climate, that's the same as telling a child, hey, you know what? You're getting bullied on the playground. Well, just leave the playground. Something I don't think I ever really heard someone say. But look, online is a new playground. And of course, you can take a break, but the solution overall should never be to just leave. Listen, I get being upset and at this rate, I don't see any of these practices changing anytime soon, but we got to understand if outside forces aren't going to change, then it's up to us. It's up to us to change how we approach them. The way I see it now, news stations aren't going to change their tactics. Frankly, the current model is working and people are watching and sharing at an all time high. And to be brutally honest, I think that's the only thing that matters to them. What matters to me, though, is that you aren't going down with the ship. News is meant to keep you informed and arm you with the knowledge that allows you to shape your own worldview. But lately, it's just been used as a device to convert your opinion to someone else's. So next time you see utterly ridiculous news stories or political posts, instead of getting angry, ask yourself, is this accurate? Is this person trying to be informative? Or is it just everyday dumb talk disguised as journalism? Then look at the person posting it. Do they have ulterior motives? Is it designed to cut people down? Or is it posted to legitimately try to inform people so they can make the right decisions? It's okay to be affected by these things. And it's alright if you're angry or you're sad or you're just frustrated about the world around you. But if you let the news and how it's presented get to you, you can start engaging in numerous social media fights and debates and forget the most important reason why we spread the news. So that we can change it. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. Take it easy.